Welcome to the Sunday morning podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Crawley. This message is by Rohan Andrew. of Jesus and there's a lot about death (laughs) uh, in what we believe but also there's a lot about life as well you know death comes first and then comes life and this morning I just I want to talk about that resurrection life but we do need to look into the death of Jesus as well obviously as as we believe in that sacrifice that meant everything to us You know, none of us would be here this morning if Jesus didn't go to that cross and give his life completely for us. You know, he was whipped, he was beaten, he was tortured, he was spat at, he was mocked. And he went through all of that embarrassment, all of that shame, all of that on the cross so that we could have the other side of the cross, that resurrection life. Should we be afraid of death as Christians is what I want to start off with. Because death death can feel like a big deal to us. But actually, if we're born again this morning, you've given your life to Jesus, death is not the end. Death in some ways is only just the beginning. When, When we give our life to the Lord, when we've given him our life for him to be our Lord and Savior, that's the beginning of a relationship, that's the beginning of an eternal life, an eternal journey with him. And death is kind of just a bit of an intersection in that between our lives here on this earth and our lives here and there in heaven and with eternity with him. So we don't have to be afraid of death. You know that song we were singing, death where is your sting, grave where is your victory? Jesus, when he went to the cross, he conquered death, he conquered hell, he conquered the grave. And as we're believers, we don't need to fear dying because we know we go on with him into eternity, into eternal relationship with God. I mean, we might have a little bit of fear if we're we're not saved here today, if you're not giving your life to Jesus, then maybe there's a little bit of fear as to where you're going after this. The Bible says... There's only one way to the Father, and that's through Jesus Christ. So you need to give your life to him if you want to spend eternity with God in heaven. You know, the Bible says that when we give our lives to the Lord, that's it. It's a done deal. It's done and dusted. You know, there's lots of arguments between in churches and denominations as to, you know, whether you're once saved and always saved. But I believe once you give your life to the Lord, that's it. It's a done deal. You are saved. You are going to heaven. I think the only way you can undo that is if you completely renounce Jesus and walk away from him completely and say, I don't want to, the, 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 um, the decision that I made for salvation, I don't want that anymore. Maybe God would just say, okay, if you don't want to walk with me anymore, you don't want that, then we, you can, you can leave, he'll leave it. But I believe once you've made that decision, you are going to heaven. Now, some of what I want to talk about this morning, maybe the, the main part we want to, talk, what I want to talk about is what are you going to heaven with, though? Because he 
he talks a lot. There's a lot in the Bible about reward. There's a lot spoken about reward. What we what we take with us, what we're going to have in eternity. And it's really important we understand this. And I know it can sometimes can be a bit of a a heavy kind of um, message to talk about, but. The Bible makes it very clear there's rewards for what we do here on earth with our lives. It's not just we go to heaven, you know, we give our lives to the Lord and we go to heaven and we just get to experience everything or just have everything that we could ever have in heaven. There is, there is reward. Because if you think about it, we believe in a just, fair God, don't we? So if someone has given their life to the Lord and then chosen to live their life 100% to the max for God, it's only fair and just that that person gets something more, gets a greater reward when they come to come to Jesus in heaven, rather than someone who's decided to give their life to the Lord, but then they're like, well, I'm just, I've given my life to the Lord, I know I'm going to heaven, but I'm just going to live my life for how I want to live it, in a selfish way, and do what I want to do, and continue just in the pattern of the world, doing what everyone else in the world does. That wouldn't be fair, would it? I mean, some people come to the Lord and they give their life, they actually martyr their lives for Jesus, for the cross of Jesus Christ. They give their entire lives. We know that some people were were just like Jesus, crucified. They were tortured. They were martyred. You know, gruesome things took place, you know, and they they still did not renounce Jesus Christ as their Lord and Saviour. So shouldn't they have a greater reward in heaven than those that choose not to fully engage with God here on earth and just choose to do what their own thing. It's only fair, isn't it? There's a scripture in 1 Corinthians 3 that says this, and we were praying a bit about this. Without people knowing my message this morning, we were praying about foundations being shaken. There's a few people praying about this in our prayer meeting before we, we started this morning, about things being shaken off our lives, stuff that can cause us to not live that life that Jesus wants us to live fully, for all of that stuff to be shaped, to be, to fall away. In 1 Corinthians 3, it says this, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one we already have, Jesus Christ. Anyone who builds on that foundation may use a variety of materials, gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, or straw. But on the judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. If the work survives, that builder will receive a reward. But if the work is burnt up, the builder will suffer great loss. The builder will be saved, but like someone barely escaping through a wall of flames. So what that's talking about is the things that we do with our life, the things that we've done with our lives that are from the Lord, for the Lord, fruit from the Lord, fruitful works, things that he's asked us to do. When we come to face the Lord on judgment day, those things will remain. They'll, they will be part of our reward. But things that have been done that aren't part of God's not asked us to do, or they're just things that we've decided to do in our own lives, in our own way, with selfish motives and intentions, they will be burnt up. And you may be someone who just about gets into heaven I don't want to just about get into heaven, you know, and just as someone escaping through the flames. I want to come into heaven confident, knowing that I've followed God, that I've done what I feel the Lord's asked me to do with my life, that I've been in relationship with him, hearing his voice, following his spirit, doing the things that he's called me to do. That's what I want to do. 
I don't know about anyone else here. I mean, that's what, that's who we are. That's what we've been called for. That's what this whole thing is about. That's what this whole Resurrection Sunday is about, what Jesus paid the price for. He paid a price that we would get everything that he paid the price for, that we would come into a full inheritance in heaven, a full reward in heaven. That's what Jesus died for. So we don't want to be those as, as those escaping through the fire. Um, there's a book that I I love, and um, I've I've read this whole series of these books. And when I was a young Christian, twenty odd years ago, um, I started reading I started reading these books, and they're they're called the, the first book is called The Final Quest. It's like the Final Quest series by Rick Joyner. And there's, there's about five of them, I think there's five or six of them, and they're, they're powerful books. And they're books of a revelation and like a vision kind of revelation that Rick Joyner had, um, and God showed him all these different things. And we can't say that they are definitely, this is what God uh, is going to do, or, you know, or this is what, this is what, um, you know, what's, when someone experiences something, it can be objective, you know, it might not be definitely like this when we go to heaven, but the first book that he wrote in the series talked about him going to heaven, and he kind of uh, experienced what it was like in heaven, and God showed him different things, and, you know, he got to speak to people that were in heaven, and um, as he spoke to different people in heaven, that had, you know, saints that had gone on to be with the Lord, people that had done great and amazing things for God, um, or some that had, some that hadn't. There was different kind of sections in heaven, so don't you know, don't get me wrong. This is not this def, this is not saying this is exactly what heaven is going to be like. This was just his vision that he had, and there was different sections in heaven, and the people that had really served the Lord a lot of their lives and given everything to God, they were nearer to his throne, and then it kind of went out in concentric circles. Just the people that were further away that didn't do so much for the Lord, but there was one area that. And this, this kind of really challenged me and convicted me when I first read this. There was an area that was furthest away from the throne that was called the place where the foolish virgins were. This, is, this was the name that it was given. This is an area called the foolish virgins. And they were ones that were just about, they gave their lives to the Lord and they just about got through into heaven. But that's all they did. They they. They claimed Jesus Christ's salvation for their lives, but they didn't do anything else with the rest of their lives. And they were kind of on this outer kind of outskirts. Now, I'm sure heaven was still amazing and it's all love and joy and peace and you've got a new body and everything's great. But that was their kind of reward. Well, there was no reward. They were like those just escaping through the flames. And they were called the foolish virgins. And he talked to one of the people that were in this kind of area and they said that they live or that they look back on their lives here on earth and there was a degree of regret. Now, I don't think you can have full regret in heaven. We're, we're differently made up when we're in our heavenly bodies. I don't think you regret and have shame or guilt and all of that kind of stuff. That's all wiped away. You're in your heavenly body. But they had, they remembered their lives on earth and they said the greatest mistake we made was to believe Jesus for salvation but then not do anything else with it for the rest of our lives. And we just escaped. We just got into heaven. We scraped into heaven. And that this is our reward. 
we just are on the outskirts of the throne. And I don't want to be there. That was a conviction to me. I was like, God, I'm not, I haven't given my life to you, Lord, to just scrape through. I haven't given my life to just barely make it in, just by the, you know, the hair on our heads, you know, just made it. If I'm here right now on this earth, I've given my life to you, Lord. I want to live my life fully for you. Whatever you want me to do, Lord, I want to do. And he gives us the grace to do all that. He gives us his spirit to do all that. He gives us his word. He encourages us. He gives us the church, the body of Christ to do all of that. He gives us the motivation. He gives us the power. He gives us the encouragement to go forward and do what he's asked us to do. In Revelation 22, so it's right at the end of the Bible, it says this. This is John. This is the Lord speaking to John. So John said, then he told me, do not seal up the words of this prophecy of the scroll because the time is near. Let the one who does wrong continue to do wrong. Let the vile person continue to be vile. Let the one who does right continue to do right. Let the holy person continue to be holy. Look, I am coming soon. My reward is with me and I will give to each person according to what they have done. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes and they, that they may have the right to the tree of life and that they may go through the gates into the city. Outside are the dogs, those who practice magic arts, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idolaters, everyone who loves and practices falsehood. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and morning star. The spirit and the bride say, come, and let the one who hears say, come, and let the one who is thirsty come, and let the one who wishes to take the free gift of the water of life. The sobering words, aren't they? But God has made, through the cross, he's given us every provision so that we can live a life full, fully for him. And he says here, his reward is with, with him. I think there's a scripture for that, Steve. He's coming soon. His reward is with him. Now, when he talks about the vile people and the sexually immoral and all of the murderers and stuff like that, we have been given that opportunity again by the cross to be forgiven of our sins. That's the power of the cross. So we're not perfect. None of us are perfect. None of us have lived a perfect life. Myself, no one here. None of us have done everything right. We make mistakes. We do things wrong. We've sinned. But the cross is all about him forgiving us for our sins so that we can continue to live our lives fully connected with God, fully serving God, fully following God. That's what the cross is all about. And again, it says here, I'll give each person according to what they have done. So what we do in this present reality that we're in now here on earth, you know, we're kind of in dual realities, aren't we? We're here on earth in our bodies, physically here, but also we're spiritually here. We're spiritually with the Lord, seated at the right hand of the Father. We're, we're kind of spirit and body at the same time. But what we do with our lives here is massively important. Because that's where, that decides where we spend eternity. You know, I did have this analogy. This might not be the perfect analogy, but I'm going to share it anyway. That I don't know if you, um, like me, and 
when you have like when I was going through school and university and all of that and I had certain exams to do there'd be certain exams that I would probably find boring or less subjects that I found boring and I wouldn't really study for the exam and I wouldn't really kind of you know give my all to studying and doing what I needed to do and read the books that need to be read and getting ready for this exam and I'd do the exam and I wouldn't do that well and I'd get the results and I'd get whatever mark I got, probably not, not a great mark. And when I get that mark, I can't be, I shouldn't feel ashamed because this is, this is the grade, this is the mark, I get the mark for what I put into it. I didn't do the work properly, I didn't study, I didn't revise and I got the grade that I was given and it's a just grade, it's just, it's fair. And I feel like that's what it's going to be like on the day of judgment, that we'll get our fair portion, we'll get what God gives us based on what we've done. You know, if you're here this morning, you're hearing my message, you've no excuse because you're hearing what I'm saying. So you've got no excuse after you would walk away from this meeting to say, I didn't know, God, forgive me. We get what we deserve in judgment. So, God has done so much for us that we don't get what we do deserve because what we do deserve is hell actually because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So God has given us more than we deserve but when it comes to our reward we get what, we, what we've put in. We get out what we've put in. There's a, um, there's a saying that says if you um, fail to prepare, prepare to fail. Have you, ever, have you ever heard that? And when I say fail, I'm not saying you don't get into heaven, but you're not going to get all that you could have got in the next life. Now, this is a sobering message this morning, and I prayed a lot about this message. And I was like, God, what do you want me to say this morning? Resurrection Sunday, maybe it should all be fun, and Jesus loves us, and Jesus is great, and resurrection, and all of that. But I felt that we need to hear, there's people here that need to hear this message this morning. And, you know, with God, there's, we need to sometimes hear the reality of things because that's actually what's going to save us, the reality. If we just make it all fun and glossy and nice and bubbly and Jesus is just amazing and everything, it doesn't matter what you do, you can be forgiven and you, you just come in and just get everything that everyone else has got. Doesn't, the Bible doesn't say that. In Romans 2, 6, 11, it says, God will repay each person according to what they have done. To those by persistence in doing good, seek glory, honor, and immortality, he will give eternal life. But for those who are self-seeking, who reject the truth, who follow evil, there will be wrath and anger. There will be trouble and distress for every human being who does evil, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. But glory, honor, and peace for everyone who does good, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. For God does not show favoritism. In Colossians 3.22, it says, Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything you and do it not only when their eyes are on you to curry their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence to, for the Lord. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as if you're working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, and it is the Lord, the Lord Christ you are serving, anyone who does wrong will be repaid for the wrongs, and there is no favoritism. So whatever you're doing, 
So don't get this, this message mixed up in that you have to be fulfilling some sort of full-time ministry calling, you know, like I'm doing, to be serving the Lord properly. That scripture there says whatever you're doing in your job, whether you're at home with children, whether you're, whatever you're doing in life, do it as unto the Lord. Do it full, wholeheartedly unto Jesus. That's, that's where you get reward. That's where you get, that's where fruit is released into your life. Do everything you do unto him. So you might be stacking shelves. You might be just at home with your children because that's the stage of life you're at or whatever you're doing. But do what you're doing unto Jesus. Do it for his glory. Pray, pray about it. Follow him. Seek him. Get stuck in with him. And what you're doing will be your reward. You know, I think... And I, you know, I think I've said this before, and I think sometimes in Kingdom Faith we've we preach a message that everyone has to kind of be in full time. Everyone needs to go we've gone to Bible college, and everyone needs to be in full time ministry. Otherwise, you're not really a proper Christian, properly serving God. And I know we haven't said it that clearly, but sometimes we kind of give that we've given that kind of feel sometimes. But it's not that you can be doing whatever you're doing as long as you feel like God's. This is the season you're in. This is what you're doing. Do it unto him. Do it for him. Do it for his glory. You know, the two commands that he, he gave us, to love the Lord the, your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your heart, and love your neighbor as yourself. They're the two things God's looking for. He wants us to love him, to seek him, to pursue him, to go after him, to give our lives fully to him. And then he wants us to love other people around us as well. Just loving people around you is serving God. Loving people around you is bearing fruit. Loving being there for people, encouraging people, opening your house up to people, feeding people, doing whatever it is for people. That's fulfilling the call of God on your life. You know, sometimes I think we can come to the Lord and be like, Lord, what are you, what's my calling? What's the thing you've called me to do? What's the specific thing, the specific purpose? you have for me. And until I find that purpose, I'm not really serving you properly. But you know what? The call of God, the purpose of God on our lives is to do those two things. It's to love the Lord our God and to love our neighbor. That's, that's the call for all of us. And there's other things that we do and I, you know, that we do in serving God, but actually all of it should be motivated by loving him and loving others. Amen. the last scripture this morning. Let's see if I can find it. I think it's on I think it's on there. Matthew sixteen twenty four. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their lives will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he'll reward each person according to what they have done. We just flick back to the first one of that. So to be his disciple, we must deny ourselves, pick up our cross daily, and follow him. That's not easy. And you know, for me, being a pastor, it was never my ambition to be a pastor. 
I never had, <laughs> I didn't, as a young person, think, okay, this would be a great profession to go to. In fact, I went to university, I studied IT, I had ambitions for my life to um, go into IT, you know, it would have been 20 odd years, 15, 20 years ago, and get in there and earn loads of money, you know, computers and IT and all of that is always something that's always growing, great industry to get into. I had career ambitions and that was where I wanted to go and I wanted to earn loads of money and, you know, make a career for myself. And there's nothing wrong with having a career, by the way. But then God called me to come and do something different. And it's not an easy calling. Being a pastor is not something that's easy. And I do feel like I pick up my cross daily (laughs) and follow him. But it's all about sacrifice, isn't it? And he calls us to sacrifice in different ways, different things. And there's nothing wrong with earning money. God wants to bless us with money. There's nothing wrong with having a career. God wants to bless us with careers. So don't get me wrong in that. But it's, okay, what God do you want to, what do, you want to do within this job, what, in, within what I'm doing? With the money that you've blessed me with, what do you want me to do with it? How do you want me to bless other people? What do you want to do for your kingdom, Lord? And we just need to be mindful of that. That what is it he's calling us to do? And um, I shared at the Good Friday service, something God's been really speaking to me about is sacrifice. And God always comes back to sacrifice. There's always sacrifice. You know, if we want to see anything in our lives, it often comes from a position of sacrifice first and foremost. And God has been always cha- challenging me recently about sacrifice, about certain things. You know, you can pursue certain things in life. I shared this at a prayer meeting a while ago. Sometimes there's things in our lives that aren't necessarily wrong. They're not sin. They're not necessarily even bad things. But we can pursue certain things in our lives that just take the place of God. They take the place of Jesus in our lives. They just take time. They take our energy. They take our focus away from the Lord and onto other things. And when that happens, I know for me personally, I can only speak for myself. The Lord just says, the Lord often speaks to me and just says, There's nothing wrong with that thing, actually. There's nothing wrong with what you're doing there. But if it takes your heart away from me, that's not a good thing. If it takes your focus, your desire, you know, the time that you were spending with me, you're now spending that time looking at something else, doing something else. That's not a good thing. Or put it in the right position. Put me first and then that thing can come next. That's what God speaks to me and that's how God challenges me. You just put that scripture back up. But if we want to be his disciples, we must deny ourselves and take up our cross and follow him. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. You know, we're called to be those that live sacrificial lives. And there's a reward in that. When we sacrifice the things in life that God wants us to sacrifice, and this isn't just about beating yourself up, This isn't about just not doing anything apart from, you know, just sitting at home reading the Bible all day, every day. There's things in life God wants us to enjoy. There's there's things in life God wants us to experience. There's there's nothing, you know, I'm not saying we've got to become monks and nuns and go and live in monasteries away from everyone. But it's just where do those things come in, in our priority with where God comes in. Amen. So just one last scripture, and then we're going to take communion. So 1 Corinthians 15, it says this. So 
So it will be with the resurrection of the dead. The body that is sown is perishable and it's raised imperishable. It's sown in dishonor, it's raised in glory. It's sown in weakness, but it's raised in power. It is sown a natural body, it's raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there's also a spiritual body. So it's written, written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam, which is Jesus, a life-giving spirit. The spiritual did not come first, but the natural, and then after that, the spiritual. The first man was of the dust of the earth. The second man is of heaven. As was the earthly man, so are those who are of the earth. And as was the heavenly man, so are those who are of the heaven. And just as we have borne the image of the earthly man, so shall we bear the image of the heavenly man. And that's talking about as we die and go to heaven and we we put on Christ or we have our heavenly body on. But it talks about the natural and the spiritual. And we've got to learn to walk in the spirit. We've got to learn to walk even in our natural bodies, but in our spiritual bodies. Connecting with God in the spirit, being led by his spirit, hearing his voice. That's the most important things in our, in our relationship with God, to be able to hear him and to obey him. Now, Pastor Colin used to talk a lot about obedience. I don't know if you remember. We were at Bible college. Pastor Colin was kind of just constantly talking about obedience. And, um, but it does come down to that, doesn't it? In all that I'm saying this morning, it must be culminating. God, what are you saying? Where's your spirit leading me? And am I obeying what you're wanting me to do with my life? As we take communion this morning, and this is for people that have given their lives to the Lord, you know, you don't have to take communion if you don't want to. What I believe we need to do is I just want us to just, to align our lives afresh with the Lord, to just sync our lives up with him this morning in a fresh way. So just bring yourself under the Lordship of Christ. He rules, he reigns. He's done everything that he's done for us this morning. 2,000 years ago on the cross, we want to just bring our lives to him in a fresh way and surrender to just say, Lord, whatever you want to do in me, do, do in me. And none of us are perfect. I'm not even perfect in that regard that God is doing, I'm giving God 100% of my life to do everything he wants to do in it. You know, I, I'm not perfect in that. I don't think any of us are. But we want to bring that as our intention this morning, as our commitment this morning, to say, Lord, as much as you can, as much as I'm allowing you, as much as I'm giving you that room, Father, do what you want to do in me and through me. Lord, have your way in my life. So as we take communion, I want you to just, that to be your prayer. If that is your prayer, I can't force that on you. If that is your heart's desire, if that is your prayer, Lord, have your will in my life. Have your way with me. You know, as I said recently, God's been talking to me about sacrifice. One of the things I've been doing is just having a moment, moments with God to just say, Lord, there's things I want to do, but Father, Lord, I want to do what you want me to do. I just lay down my will. Lord, you do what it is you want to do with my life. Let me just give.
get up Galatians 2.20. Hold on a second. It's a great scripture. I don't want to misquote it. So Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So that's all about the cross. I've been crucified. So when we gave our lives to him, we were crucified with him. He gave all of, he gave, gave everything that he gave to us and we gave or should have given all our lives back to him. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Isn't that an amazing scripture? If there's a scripture to remember, that's a great one to write on your wall or write on your phone or whatever. We've been crucified with Christ, but we live now in him. And actually in that book, the Final Quest series, that was an actual... That was a point that he reached. He reached a place, because the whole book was about him kind of, it's a visionary kind of thing of him ascending a mountain, ascending the mountain of the Lord, going through a valley and going to the mountain of the Lord and battling demonic spirits and all sorts of stuff going on. But there was a position that he reached and he reached this place with other people that was called Galatians 2.20. It was like this position on the mountain was called Galatians 2.20. And he was with other people that had reached this position in their lives where that they were living this scripture. I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Wouldn't it be awesome if we all could live out that scripture? And we need the grace of God to do it. We can't, it's not something we can just muster up and just click our fingers and we're now there. We need God to work that in us, to do work, a work in our heart, a work in our lives, so that we can live out of great Galatians 2.20. That's what Paul was, he got to that place where he could say, I no longer live, only Christ lives in me. That's an amazing place to be. So, communion. So what I want us to do is to take it individually, actually. So sometimes we take it with each other and we break bread with each other. But I want us to take it individually. Yeah, David, if you could just if you could just play in the background. Yeah, the band, if you could guys could come up. Um, so if if everyone could just grab a cup and some bread. So you're going to have to come forward and just grab one. So if you grab one for yourself, don't take it yet. Just take some bread as well. But don't take it yet. We're going to take it together. Because what better day than Easter Sunday? We'd say it's the most important Sunday in, in the year for us. To just rededicate your life to the Lord, to give your life to the Lord afresh. If you've never given your life to the Lord and you want to be born again this morning, come and speak to me after. We can do that. If you want to pray with me after as well, if you want to pray with some other people, we can have up the front to rededicate your life to the Lord. Or if there's anything going on in your life that you need prayer for, A few of us will be up here and we can pray with you. But you know what? We're talking about obedience and this is a demonstration of my obedience to the Lord this morning because this message wasn't the message I would... I actually had a different message planned. (laughs) I felt the Lord just 
drop this message on my heart this morning. Um, and I know it's what we need to hear this morning. There's people here where you need to hear this. So just take a moment to just pray. Maybe just make, you, need, you know what you need to say to the Lord. I don't need to dictate to you. You just speak to him. So the Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So if we just like to thank him, we thank you, Father, for your body. We just take your body, sacrifice you made for us. We thank you for it, Jesus. same way after supper he took the cup saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes thank you for your blood Jesus just like to stand to you. We're just going to worship. We're going to finish. I'm just going to pray and we're going to worship. Father God, we just thank you. We thank you for what you did for us, Lord God. We thank you for the price you prayed for each and every one of us, for our lives, Lord God. Father, the least we can do is to serve you with what you've given to us. We can give back to you. Lord, you know every single heart in this place. Father, you know everything that goes on in our hearts, our minds, our lives, Lord God, even in secret. Lord, we want to live our lives, or I want to live my life for you, Father God. And Lord, I just want to bring my life right into correct alignment with you. Lord, if there's anything that you want me to get rid of, show me, Lord. If there's anything you want me to put in there, show me, Father. But Lord, we just thank you. We celebrate who you are. You are worthy. You are mighty. You are wonderful. You're full of love and life. Jesus, we praise you. We give you all the glory, all the honor. All the majesty belongs to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.